welcome to another episode of the Trinity United Church Legon podcast. And now for today's teaching. Trinity, uh, we, we give praise for this opportunity given us uh, that we can come together and reflect on the work Christ has done. We would begin the reflection by listening to a song. It was on this small hill called Calvary where it all happened. On this hill stood an old rugged cross. And the cross is an emblem of suffering and shame. But somewhere, somehow, I love that old cross. Because the dearest and best for a world of sinners, of lost sinners, was slain on a hill far away. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dear Rest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last. I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross. So despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me because it was on that old cross the Lamb of God to bear it to that Calvary I'm gonna cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I walk to the old rugged cross and exchange it 
someday for a crime. The important thing in the Christian life has to do with Jesus Christ and the fact that he was crucified. Unfortunately, to both Jews and Greeks, the cross was a very negative symbol. It was a symbol of foolishness. To the Jew, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 and verse 23, we are told that cursed is anyone who hung on the tree. So you talk about somebody hanging on the cross, it means that person is cursed. To the Romans, they can't just think about somebody dying on the cross and we getting any benefit from that. Because the cross was a symbol of scorn that was reserved for criminals, for people who have been convicted of murder, reserved for people who had rebelled and people who had been involved in armed robbery. So that was a symbol of the cross. So to the Jews, it was a curse. To the Romans, it was a symbol of scorn. But for us as Christians, it's a different thing altogether. Hallelujah. In the Median, Jufun, it can be Median Wasama, or Ye, or Yan Kwasia, some Usande, Ubiara, Uwudiandun, was or your Bia, Wapan, the person has been cursed. Eba Greek of Numu, Eba Roman Fuwa, in the Median, or Ye, it's more Zinful, Uana, Wade, Woo. In actual fact, central to the understanding of the life and mission of Christ is not his birth, it is not his youth, it is not his teaching, it is not his service, it is not his resurrection, his reign. It is not even in the giving of a spirit at Pentecost. Central to the understanding of the Christ event is his death, his crucifixion. Say a better Christ that obey nasa. Central to it that ninjina do can say onye nuwa owe won't be mudianodo. And that is why we see it as the focus of the preaching of the apostles. And we see it in the thinking of the early church. They focused on the cross. And we see it in Jesus' own perspective. In fact, in Mark chapter 8, 9, and 10, we have a threefold prediction of Jesus' death. And in these threefold predictions, the focus was on the fact that he was going to be killed. In Mark 8, 31 and 32, we are told, Jesus said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and they must, he must be killed and after three days rise again. In Mark 9, 31, Jesus again said, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of man. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. And in Mark 10, chapter 33 and 34, this is what he said, we are going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be betrayed. They will condemn him to death. Who will, they will mock him, 
and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he would rise. So the emphasis in Jesus' own teachings, the emphasis was on the fact that he was going to die. His betrayal, his rejection, his condemnation, and his death. And that is why the cross has become very important to Christians. Apart from Jesus' own predictions, you read the Gospels, and there are several occasions um, on which, apart from what we have found in Mark, Jesus made predictions. He alluded to his death. So the question is, why this emphasis on his suffering and death? Why the emphasis on the cross? It is because of what happened on the cross and what we gain from the cross. The emphasis on the cross is basically because the cross has become the means of our justification. And that word is very important for us to understand. We are justified through the cross. Justified. And we want to understand that. Because the passage we read from Romans, that is where Paul begins, Romans chapter 5, having been justified. And so all the benefits we are going to be talking about relate to the fact that we have been justified. In Zinua, in Fasua, Yenya, Ifan Bimidianon, on the way we hear the beam, in Tiza Oka Kadunian, Yem Faso, in Bimidian, the Oyem Mahen Yede, on Bimidianodo, no way we hear the beam, we have been justified. And so I think it is necessary for us to try to explain what this justification is. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 begins with, therefore, therefore. So the assumption that Paul's readers, was that Paul's readers had experienced God's work of justification. Therefore, having been justified through faith, having been justified through faith. You go to verse 9, and there you see how that justification comes about. Since we have now been justified by his blood. And on the cross, that is where his blood was shed. So we are justified by his blood. So that is the starting point of all our discussions this evening about the benefits we derive from the cross. And the starting point is that because of the shedding of blood on the cross, we have been justified. And that word is a critical word in the Bible and for us as Christians, and we need to try to understand it. The nature of justification is that God has declared us 
that we are righteous. Because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary, justification is a legal term. God's judgment throne. And God has listened to all the evidence. And you see, when you go to the law courts, whatever, the prosecution, the defendants, and their lawyers, and then so he's listening to everything. And now God has to declare the verdict. The verdict on me. The verdict on you. And this God makes a declaration of his verdict. And the verdict God makes is that Kweku Abedu Kwashe, you are acquitted and discharged. Hallelujah. Webumabim. It doesn't mean that I am righteous, but God has declared me righteous because of the clause. He has declared me. So I'm not guilty. And there are two things related to this. Number one is I have been declared guiltless, not guilty, because I have been pardoned. Because of the blood, I have been what? Pardoned. And it brings to mind the man who was on the other cross. He was pardoned. And so today you can be with me in paradise. But the other aspect of justification, it's not just the pardon. In our standing before God, in fact, somebody has said it's just as if. It's not that I have only been pardoned. But as God sees us, he sees us just as if we have never sinned. Hello? That's the way God sees us. That's the way God sees me. Just as if I haven't sinned. Irrespective of all the negative things, irrespective of all the dubious things I have done, because of the cross, God sees me and he sees me as righteous. He sees me as guiltless because of the cross. And that is why 2 Corinthians, and we know that verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, 21 says that he who knew no sin was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Not because I haven't sinned, but because of the cross. I have been pardoned, number one, and I have a right standing. God sees me as if I have not sinned. But looking again, what is the ground for all of this justification? You see, before a judge will make the pronouncement of his judgment, there are grounds. And so God didn't just come and say that you are pardoned and you are righteous. There was a ground for that justification. And Romans chapter 3 and verse 24 will help us to appreciate this. Romans 3. 
verse 24. We have been justified and all are justified by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So on the cross we were redeemed. Redemption comes through payment of a ransom. Now so I am justified because a ransom has been paid for me. Otsidenke in those days in the Bible era when people go to war, they take captives. So I'm in captivity. Now a ransom can be paid for me to be released. So I have been released. There is a ground for my justification. And the first thing, the ground for my justification is that a ransom has been paid on my behalf. Hallelujah. And Christ is that ransom who has been paid on my behalf. In Mark chapter 10 verse 45, Jesus himself said this, the son of man came not to be saved but to serve and offer himself as a ransom. ransom. So that is the first thing. Ransom. I have been bought. You may have heard that uh, video, uh, this man talking about the word, tetelestai. Eh? It is finished. And the meaning is, it's been paid in what? In full. He had used his blood to pay the ransom. So there is a ground. No. There was a ground. If God had done that, then God will not have been, have, been, have been just. He's a just God. And so he had to do what was right. So to redeem me, he made his own son die on the cross as a ransom for me, as a ransom for you. Can you think about it? Hello? Hello? It's not with silver or gold. But Paul uses another word. I think the Romans chapter 3 verse 25. He uses another word. Very interesting word. Uh, and that word is propitiation. So Christ has redeemed us. But then he is also a propitiation for us. Uh, your destiny doesn't use that. But let me explain it. Please, can you give us that verse again? You, you go to, to Pata the Bosom. So they will bring gifts to the gods or goddesses to placate them. Because the deities were, were unpredictable. It is the same way that I have been justified through Impata 
this, this, this uh, uses God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Mpata. But please, this is very interesting. Look at the way the verse goes. God, it was God himself. But in this case, it was God himself who presented his own son as Mpata. Can you imagine it? Hello? Please, are you getting the idea? So it's not that I went with an impata to God. He himself presented. In fact, the ESV says that he put forward his son. He presented. He put forward his son as a propitiation. He set forth his son to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So because we have been redeemed, we have been bought back, we have been justified. Because God has been placated, we have been justified. So the ground for our justification, dumb judgment na eraze we pronounce ninjina doing it there. I have bought him as a ransom. With a ransom. Matriaka. Hello? Empatazen was then. Empatazen. And so I don't have any problem with him. And that is why God doesn't have any problem with us. That is why he declares that you are justified. Wow. That is a story of Easter. Because of the cross, I am justified. And I'm justified. God has pardoned all my sins. But the other side of it is that when God sees me, he sees me as righteous. Hey, me? Amazing love. How can it be? Then we come to those benefits. You see, having been justified. So let's go back to Romans. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Paul says that having been Justified, and I'm going to mention seven benefits because we have been justified. There are seven benefits that come to us, therefore, being justified by faith. The first one we have peace with God, peace with God. The that's the first benefit. That Jesus here now, on them doing the young coupon worker there, meet the beam, um boom of fancy, emi mo You read verse ten of Romans five. Paul refers to the fact that we were God's enemies. We were. Nenche yami na baze na tamfo si si ano ehene yami. Hallelujah. We were we were enemies, enemies of God. But now we have peace with God. That is the first benefit. Because of the cross, I have peace with God. Can you imagine if there is a situation where there's no peace between two people? What normally happens? 
It's not on your end, on your year, in your assembly, but yen yakopon in team assembly. Hallelujah! That is the benefit of the cross. We have peace with God. The moment Adam sinned and God asked the question, Adam, where are you? It was war had been declared between God and humanity. But by virtue of the cross, we have peace with God. Hallelujah. The second benefit we find in verse 2, we don't only have peace with God, but you read the verse 2 of Romans chapter 5, it says that we obtained access by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand. So the first thing is that having been justified, we have peace with God. The second thing is that we have now obtained access to God. Let me give this background that will help us. Israel, Elkor Temple, the Jerusalem Temple. Very interesting. There is a place called the Holy of Holies. It's only the high priest who goes there. My high priest is here. He was a high priest when he was doing his. And the high priest goes there once a year. Once a year. Now, Orokoa, high priest, look on one you die. It's the holy of holies. And so before the high priest will go, he has to make sure that he has made all kinds of sacrifices for himself. And then they will put a rope on his legs. So that in case he goes, then there are some uh, anklets. You see, or you Oh, why no one sit there? Anklet no wosu wosu. No, just hmm. BBC. Now high priest in Ukraine, Kohomu Ewa. I will never go back from Ohio. Now humana was a children and why then? Watching, watching Abba. And nobody could go there. And that was it. Was only the high priest. Behind the veil, the Jews could go there. And then there is a wall. So that is for the Jews. For the Gentiles. The Holy of Holies, it was a veil, a curtain. But Gentiles, they were blocked with a wall, Ankasa, wall, a stone wall. Now, if you are a Gentile, you can never go beyond this wall. You see, Gentiles now are a proselytes. Why Judaism isn't? What's But on the cross, you read Luke chapter 23 and verse 45. Also, Jesus, we know the curtain that was in the temple 
it tore into two. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.14 also talks about the breaking down of the whole wall of hostility. Wall no sa. Oche. Jufu ne jenjasun. Ono so yeden. Ono so ubi. Onam because of the cross we have access to God. I don't need a high priest anymore. Hello? You don't need a high priest anymore. You don't need the high priest anymore. You have access. You have access to God yourself. That is the benefit of the cross. Formerly, you can't approach God. But now we can do what? We can approach him. And please, for me, this is very, very important. Many of us don't know that they can approach God. They are waiting for some prophets to pronounce some things on them before they know that God is speaking to them. You have access to God. You don't need a prophet. Hello? Hello? I wonder why people are always seeking their prophet. Mintaso. I can't, I can't think far. I, I just cannot imagine it. You have access to God because of the cross. You have become the son of the king. You can enter the king's presence at any time without any restriction. You don't have any restriction. But many of us, maybe, I don't know whether we don't understand that we have this access to God. Anytime we want to. I have access to God. You have access to God. The broken wall of hostility, the, the, the wall of hostility has been broken down. The veil has been cut into two. We don't pray for one another. We pray for one another. In fact, I pray with you. But I have access to his presence. You also have access to his presence. Because we have been justified by the cross. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Please, you have access to God. That's the benefit of the cross. Hallelujah. And I can tell him what is on my heart. And he also tells me what is on his heart. I have access to God. Please, please, you have it. You have that access to God. Don't belittle it. And don't let anybody take away that from you. Some people make us believe that it's a lie from the pit of hell. You have access because of the cross. I have access 
because of the cross. Yes, in difficulties, we join one another in prayer. But I have access. When I go, he will listen to me. And when you go, he will listen to you. But the latter part of verse 2 talks about another benefit. Into the first one, we have peace with God. Am I right? The second one, we have access to God. The third one is the fact that uh, Paul says, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have hope. Hallelujah. The peace with God refers to the past. You see, we were enemies and now it has been settled. The access to God refers to the present. Now, I can go to him anytime I want to go to him. The hope of glory refers to the future. The hope. And please, the English word hope sometimes connotes a certain amount of uncertainty. Eh? Oh, I hope it will rain tomorrow. It means that we are uncertain. But the New Testament word hope, uncertainty be anymore. It's a done deal, full assurance. Work there, obey and obey then. Not that I hope that he will take me to himself. No. Hallelujah. With full assurance. And that is why Paul uses the word, therefore we rejoice. In fact, the word that he uses, we rejoice, means that we rejoice in hope. It means that we boast. We boast. The reality on your hand can I yet know? Nyame on your album. We be kwanda motum akoninchen nandam masu orisiyesi bibiyama minim de minim oninti mesapio muhum. I boast. I rejoice because of what God has done. So I have peace with God. Mm? I have access to God. I have the hope of glory for the future. But then you read verse 3 and 4 and you find something else over there. The fact that we have been justified doesn't mean that we escape from the issues of the world. It affects us. They are Christian for. Some people have taught as if they're by a Christian, yeah, all the things happening in the world will not affect you. Please, the Bible doesn't teach that all. So we suffer. So Paul talks about suffering, not only so, but we also rejoice in sufferings. And the word tribulation is used here. And that word is very, very important. We, we, we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, 
and character hope. He takes us through certain things, and the things he takes us through builds our character. Mature Christian character. So the things we go through, it builds us up. The suffering, the word tribulation, it comes from a Latin word, tribulum. Now in those days, in the tribulum, no, there's a name tree here. around no. Now was the spikes be ashesham. No, no, no. A bro was the guwa. No, was the treble on the right then. Was that for do? I'm a bro no way. Chaff na. Oh, honey, na. Maka. A bro nankasa. So the treble was used to take away the chaff. And that is the word tribulation. In the Christian, when other people suffer, in here, no, you that the suffering is good for us. Hallelujah. Because the suffering is a way in which God begins to take away the chaff from you so that you become the pure grain. In the inner Christian, for one of the benefits of the cross is that we go through the suffering. We go through, I mean, and if we're a Christian and then you don't go through suffering, then check yourself. Hello. You can never be a good Christian and not go through suffering. Even in a Christian organization like the church, you will suffer. <laughs> if you're a Christian and you are not going through suffering, then please check yourself. There might be something wrong. You may be compromising somewhere. Because if you want to live the true Christian life, whether you like it or not, you will suffer. there. And there will be people who have power. And you will suffer for that. I was leading devotion the last time and I, I, I mentioned an incident. When I came back to do the degree program in 1992, the, um, before I finished Trinity, I was attached to Garrison Methodist Presby. Namishia, Colonel Jomfia. So I went to preach there. It was the, the times of Rollins. And there was an issue in a young man, 92, so that's 31 years ago. And a man, man, what the Bible is saying. What can I do from there? Hey. Well, I'll be a whole report, Amum. There, Aka can send And what he told me really encouraged me. I really thank God. Also, what Ben will be sending now. Oh, no, no. Also, I'm going to make a cadam in seminar. No catching on there. We'll be all your preaching. And Yaman, I'm a woman. Yaman, also, man. Case closed. Over one, some call. It's a small mechan. Yaman, also, I'm dummy, then. Munka, on your own, also, I'm dummy, then. But you can imagine the suffering you go through for speaking out the truth. Hello? And that suffering builds your character. It builds you up. So the suffering brings perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. It's another benefit we get from the cross of Christ 
is matured Christian character. So the trials we go through, they build us up. Sometimes I tell people that young Christians, they need to build up shock absorbers. You build up your character, you get the shock absorbers. And so you are not scared. And today, people are suffering because of their faith, because of LGBTQI. People are suffering because they are standing for the truth of the word of God. And if you are not very careful, you will compromise. And young people are suffering because they are prepared to maintain their purity. And this Christian young woman says, no, I'm not going to do that. And they are suffering. They are not getting work to do. If you want to live the life of Christ, you will go through tribulation. The tribulation will be passed on you. But while it's being passed on you, God is removing all the chaff away. And God is making you that, that matured person. And so, friends, that is another, another benefit. Again, another benefit we get from being justified as a result of the cross is that, verse 8 says that, and it's very interesting, if you read from verse 7 going, the, the argument is a very interesting argument. But in no. While we're yet sinners, Christ died. He demonstrated his love for us. Friends, having been justified, God pours his love on us. Hallelujah. And therefore, another benefit of the cross is that it makes me aware that God has poured his love into my heart. I'm the beloved of God. He loves me. He loves you. In fact, um, he, he loves us so much. If he was prepared, just think about it. And, and Paul says it in Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. If he did not spare his son, but gave him freely for us, what is he not going to add unto us? So that never could that is the extent of the love. So God has poured his love into our hearts. He, before, even before we were saved, he proved his love towards us. Method is what terminology CBI use what we call prevenient grace. He loved us. So we continue to experience, even when we, we were his enemies, even when we were his enemies, he loved us. Now that we have become his friends, can you imagine the extent of love? Let me put it that way. Even when we were his enemies, he loved us. 
And now that we are his friends, can you imagine the extent of love that he would demonstrate to us? So friends, God has poured his love on us. The next one we'll be finishing in, in, in a moment. The next one is that if God has saved us, he's given us that proven character through the suffering we are going through. He's expressing his love for us. Verse 9 says that since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And some way, somehow, the world is making God boil up. But and he's going to pour out his wrath on the world. And because of the cross, that wrath that is supposed to come, Hallelujah. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? We are not going to be partakers of the wrath of God. So I'm not going to be partakers of that wrath, a partaker of that wrath. You are not going to be a partaker of that wrath because of the cross. And finally, because of the cross, we have reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God. Paul said, all of this is from God who has reconciled us unto himself. Friends, all that I'm saying, what does it have to tell you? If you have a marking in a peace with God, access to God, glorious hope, building of Christian character, a continuous outflow of God's love, being saved from the wrath of God, and finally, a reconciliation with God. All of this is apart from the law. All of this is purely the work of grace accomplished on the cross of Calvary for us. And that is why I said I would cherish that old rugged cross. It's purely Again, what it means is that my salvation is assured. No, 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 no. I know. I know that my salvation is sure. Uh, the holy city. 
na afarfo afarfo wo ya na wo trotro nzama wo all kinds of writings but so many years ago these days when i go i don't go to the to the show a lot in simukompa nature na there was one writing on one of the canoes yeri yebi ahwe yeri yebi na yae den yahwe they are uncertain they are not sure we are trying please christian some is not just trying we are not just trying what the cross has accomplished for us we are assured of our eternal salvation because of the cross i'm praying that being assured of such an eternal salvation will live our lives in such a way to reflect what we believe that we have been pardoned we have been justified that because of the cross god has made a declaration god has pronounced the judgment uh, when you go to the law court how do they put it the judgment has been pronounced Martin Oben acquitted and discharged the judgment has been pronounced you put your name there you have been declared guiltless innocent that God has made that judgment about you. God has made that judgment about me. What joy is this? Let's spend a few moments to reflect on, on these words. Let us pray. Just reflect on, on what Christ did on the cross of Calvary for you. And what you get out of it. We have peace with God. We have access to God. We have a hope of glory. God gives us a proven character even through the suffering we go through. He has poured his love. We continue to receive the overflow of God's love. And we know that the wrath that is to come, we will not experience that wrath. We have reconciliation have been reconciled to God and all of this has become possible because of that tree on the cross of Calvary that tree the cross where Jesus hung on Calvary See from his head 
his hands, his feet, his side, and the blood that flowed. He did all of this so that God can declare me not guilty. God can declare you not guilty. And because you are not guilty, all the other benefits become your portion. I believe that they should cause your heart to well up in thanksgiving unto him. And I say, I ye and come forth unto the king, or she walk, Mama. We are assured of our eternal salvation. We are, we are not just doing something to represent something, it, it's not a leap into the dark. We know that we know that we know because of what Christ has done on the cross. For our sake. We are glad you joined us for today's episode. To engage with us some more, kindly search for Trinity United Church Legon on YouTube and Facebook and give us a follow. You can also join us every Sunday on the premises of Trinity Theological Seminary Legon. Thank you. <laughs>